Utah football is favored by nine and a half points over the Florida Gators in the season opener. Is that a fair line? All that and more on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is JT Wister, so a former intern inside the Views of Utah Athletic Department. If this is your first time listening to our show. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Love to interact with you guys in the comments on social media or YouTube. You can follow our show at Lockdown Utes on Twitter, as well as my personal handle at JT Wister. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the Utah Utes being favored against the Florida Gators in their August 28th season opener. Also talk about Utah's most intriguing games on the on their schedule as ranked and listed by 24-7 Sports and Dalton Kincaid earning another award recognition and what will more than likely be his final one as a Utah Ute until he's eventually named to the Hall of Fame. And in order to help us break down all of that, it's friend of the show and the Desert News and Desert News contributor, Ryan McDonald. Ryan, appreciate you joining us. And Utah's FanDuel, our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, released they are currently favored by nine and a half versus the Florida Gators. And for Utah, I think this is an extremely fair line. I think when you look at the position this Utah team is in, they haven't lost a true home game since 2018 with fans in the stands. This is a Utah team that welcomes back eight starters on both sides of the ball. This is a Florida team that if you had to name the biggest reason they beat Utah last reason, last season, it was Anthony Richardson who was no longer on their team, of course. So they're going through a transition. Second year of Billy Napier. There's been a little bit of chaos in the offseason with this Florida team as well. They lost out on a top recruit in Jalen Rashada. Um, there's been a couple other things as well. This is a Florida team that is very much capable of going in and getting a win at Utah. But I just think when you look at the two positions these programs are in right now, and especially Utah being at home, and look, Utah had to deal with the the humidity last season. That proved to be a little bit of an issue, especially for the defense. The altitude is an issue. Every time teams have come up here, I know when I first moved out to Utah, I went on my very first walk run, and I was like, man, I'm, I must be really out of shape. And then I realized how much the altitude and everything plays into effect. So I feel like nine and a half is a very fair line for this game, Ryan. It's it's an interesting number um, to me. It's Utah obviously is is supposed to be really good and and I don't think we we know of Florida um I'm, I'm not sure um you know it feels like that second year with a new coach is always a, a big one you know to okay. see is this program trending in in a better direction you know under the you know the first year you're kind of like well the coach is just coming in and, you know, first year kind of whatever playing with house money a little bit, but that second year you wonder, okay, what, what trajectory is this program on? Um, and, and yeah, I, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. Nine and a half, but you're right at home. Utah has been great at home for so long. So it's, it's an interesting number, um, to me, but, um, yeah, I think just in turn, and we'll see if it changes. You know, we'll see um, as as we get closer um, how the lines change and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's 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 interesting, and I, I do think it is reflective of Utah has proven to be a top program for the past you know several years, and and Florida's kind of in a, a rebuilding stage a little bit. 
They definitely are. And look, like we said, they have last year, Anthony Richardson made for some memorable plays and moments, but it got their season off to kind of an unrealistic start and expectation that came crashing down very quickly as they got throttled by Kentucky, literally the following week in general. And uh, it's going to be tough for them coming out here. Let's look at uh, for Florida. You know, their quarterback situation is Graham Mertz. The reason Graham Mertz is now on Florida is because he struggled at Wisconsin. He was just really wasn't able to put it all together overall. And look, Florida has some talented receivers. They have some talented running backs. Their, their ground game, I think, is what is going to be most – that's the battle I'm most looking forward to seeing. I think they're pretty good on the offensive line up front. I like the running backs they got too. But I think this is a Utah team that's going to be much improved in the front seven from game one this year to, to game one last year. I mean, you look at it, it's going to be – more than likely the same starting four up front. Uh, maybe a, you'll have a Jonah Ellis there. I can't remember who was the official starter. Like if I believe it was Jonah Ellis or Gabe Reed over there, but we know Van Fillinger, we expect him to be healthy, ready to go. The interior of this Utah defensive line, though, I feel like he's capable of battling with this rushing attack and shutting it down. And the linebackers, Karen A. Reed another year, Lander Barton another year, getting a guy in Leavani Damuni who's all Pac-12 too. It's going to be really good. And I still like these corners on the outside. There's not a receiver here that really scares me. They have solid receivers, but none that petrify me defensively Florida's got some, I mean, they have a 400 pound defensive tackle. Like it's going to be very hard to run up the middle on the Florida Gators, but it's still doable for this Utah team. That's persistent with their ground game. And Jaquindon Jackson is the type of back who is able to break uh, tackles as well, which I think is really important. Cam rising is able to make plays and throws. And I got to imagine, especially as this game gets closer, what he's going to look back on last year is that crushing goal line interception. He had in the final moments of the Florida game last year, this is a Utah team that proved capable of hanging with an sec team like Florida. They were in that game all the way. They fell behind a little bit, but fought their way back. They made a ton of plays in that game. And I think they're really excited to get an opportunity again to prove that not to, just that they belong with an SEC team, but that they are better than this SEC team in Florida. And I think they got a great opportunity to do that, Ryan, because of the, some of these question marks for Florida has, because Billy Napier squad has a lot more questions than Kyle Whittingham's does heading into 2023. Very true. And, and I do think um, you bring up an interesting point about, you know, sometimes I think that revenge is a little, um, a little overstated maybe sometimes, you know, like, oh, they beat us last year. Let's let's go beat them this year. Um, but I do think that that is a thing. You know, Utah was supposed to be, you know. They had playoff was, aspirations last yeah, year, and that all yeah. came to a crushing halt with the Florida yeah. loss in the very first game of their season. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and you got to think with Cam Rising coming back that, they have those same same aspirations this year, you know, potentially to 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 be a playoff team, you know, and and yeah, you you, you can't go undefeated if you lose the first one, you know, and so um, yeah, that probably is going to weigh on their minds. Um, I do think, like I said, uh, I think last time I, I was here is Cam. We think Cam's going to be back, mm-hmm. but. To me, that's going to be a, a huge determiner of, of what's going to happen. If, if he's not back, I think some of these discussions are. Well, the line will draft, draft yeah. the shift to your point. In fact, the fact yeah. that it is nine and a half probably speaks to, at the moment, Vegas hearing a healthy cam rising. Wouldn't you agree? Good point. Good point. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. So, and again, everything that we've heard indicates cam should be ready to go, but we'll see. Maybe they're being really good at, at hiding. You know, we'll, we'll see. Kyle Whittingham has proven capable of keeping all the information inside his house many a time. So that is definitely a potential possibility. And look, the, I, I've said before, I do think this team, just because the disarray of quarterback with Florida especially, I, I think this team can win if it's Brandon Rose or Bryson Barnes at home. We talked about how formidable they are at home. 
the third downs that Graham, Graham Mertz has played in some loud stadiums. This is going to be a lot. This is going to be right up there with some of the Big Ten ones on third down in Rice Eccles Stadium as well. And it takes we mentioned teams having to adjust to the altitude as well. It's always an issue. It's always something that comes up. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, that does bode well for Cam's health. That, like we said, that's what all we've heard from Bill Riley, Porter Larson on ESPN 700, who've made appearances on this show. And even the line being nine and a half indicates a healthy Brant Keithy and uh, Cam Rising. Brant Keithy also torched Florida last season, so I know he's excited to get another opportunity. And I do think I agree with you that the revenge p- part of college football can sometimes be overrated. But I think when it's your first game of the season and it's an opener you lost last year and had all that taken away, that's where I think it applies to this one. Just like for later on in the season, Utah's going to have to deal with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. When they play USC again, USC had both of their opportunity, their two losses last season, at least before the Tulane one, uh, came at Utah. And if it weren't for those losses, they're obviously a college football playoff team. So that's where it's going to be interesting to see. Utah will benefit from the revenge narrative early on and have to battle with it later in the season because they do play the USC Trojans. And it's one of the many games that makes Utah's schedule and the Pac-12 schedule so exciting. We're going to talk about a lot of the most exciting and intriguing games in the Pac-12 in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to be to go going to get the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on all the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's all caps, one word, locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Ryan, coming back into this one. And the next thing I want to talk about is that 24-7 Sports published a list of the most intriguing games the Pac-12 has to offer during the 2023 regular season. And they did them in the order in which they'll be occurring. Utah appears five times, or is it just four times? Four times on this list that they compiled. The first one being the Oregon State game on Friday, October 20, excuse me, September 29th. The second one being October 21st when Utah goes to USC. Then you get October 28th when Utah hosts Oregon. And just a week or two after that, I believe, Utah then goes to Washington or a number November 11th showdown right there. So those four games, especially I was actually on a previous show. I talked with Spencer McLaughlin of locked on pac 12. And I said, Ryan, I think Utah in order to make the pac 12 championship game to me has to go at least two and two in that stretch. I don't see how they can go one and three and make the championship game, giving them three conference losses, even with all the crazy tiebreakers and everything that ensued last year, you got to have at least two wins against those prominent teams like that. But I think that's a list. And those are definitely, I think the four best games on Utah's PAC 12 schedule that I believe even someone who's not a fan of Utah is going to be tuning into because those are all Oregon state's probably a top 20 to 25 team, but the other one, the other three teams on there, Oregon, USC and Washington, those are all top 10 to top 15 teams to me, Ryan. So those should be some incredible games that we're treated to as just college football fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as I was going through the schedule, even before I I saw um, this list that, that 247 Sports put together, um, yeah, Oregon State was the first one that caught my eye. And you mm-hmm. know, obviously they've, they've risen to be a, a really, really yeah. good program after um, – you know, historically they, they haven't been great, but they're they're definitely trending in the right direction. So I, I think that'll be a fun one, especially um, with the way last season's um, was, you know, that last season's game was. Uh, yeah, and then USC, 
you you brought up the the revenge deal um, with with them, and and I think you're exactly right. Like Utah ruined their chances of of going to the college football playoff, you know, and and um, um, and so I, I think that's going to be on Caleb Williams' mind, on Lincoln Riley's mind, you know, maybe Caleb Williams more than Lincoln Riley, but yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But I, I think it, that is going to be on on their minds for sure, and and then yeah, Oregon feels like is always Oregon. That's always a big game, you know that that um, pretty much every year is a, is a big game, and yeah, and then Washington is really good with Penix Jr. and and so forth. So yeah, those those are definitely ones that that caught my eye as I was going through the schedule for sure. I know for me personally, just since we are ranking and talking about the top teams, the game I personally am most excited for this coming season is Utah going to USC. I think when you mentioned the storylines and everything there, Utah, and we I talked about in the last segment, right? Utah beating USC twice last season. Caleb Williams is one of the most prolific quarterbacks, not just of recent college football, or of not just did last year, but of recent college football memory to me. I think he's worth all of the draft hype he's getting. I think he's exceptional having him seen play twice in person now. I know they are really eager to get back against that Utah team. Like you mentioned, the coaches, I don't think they're about their revenge as much, but especially the players on that USC team are going to be ready to go. And it's a, it's a USC team too. Cam Rising is 3-0 against USC, including a win in the Coliseum. And that was his kind of first game where we saw, especially could be with the flea flicker, flicker he completed, I believe, to Devon Bailey, but could have been to Solomon Nunez. I'm trying to remember now. Um, but either way, just some special moments there. The second game I'm really excited for of that group, just my second most excited one of the Pac-12 slate, is Utah going up to Washington. That Washington team is really good. They, I mean, we saw them win in the Alamo Bowl last year against the Texas team. That's a de facto home game for Texas late in the season. That was when Texas had Quinn Ewers. They didn't have Bijan Robinson, but that's a Texas team a lot of people are high on, and a lot of the key players in that game lost to that Washington team with a Michael Penix who lit the world on fire. They have an elite defensive line. They have elite wide receivers. I think Kalen DeBoer is a really good head coach too. So that would probably be the second game I'm most excited about. And it's just very tough to go up to and get a win in Husky Stadium. And third is welcoming the Oregon Ducks. This is the Utah team is our first segment also touched on. Utah hasn't lost at home since 2018, a true game. If you're telling me they did, if like, let's say a future version came back and told me, hey, Utah lost a home game in 2023, I would guess it was the Oregon game. When I look at Bo Nix, Dan Lanning in his second year, his defense being even stronger after having a little down year in terms of the pass rushing department for them too. Troy Franklin, Bucky Irvin, the, the big three they got, if you include Bo Nix there too, always strong up front. I think that's going to be a great battle as well. So those are how I kind of rank those three games in terms of my excitement. What are your top three Utah football games you're most looking forward to? And did I leave – anyone out there in my three I named that you're personally a little more excited about than one of the ones I mentioned. Let's see. So, you know, let's see, Oregon State, USC, Oregon, and Washington. Um, Let's see. Let's go. Let's go USC number one. Yeah, let's go USC number one. Where did you have Washington? I had second. Your, second. Second. I'm debating them second or third because mm-hmm. um, Oregon, Oregon is, I don't know if there's something about Oregon, you know, and maybe well, especially maybe. the last time they came out to Utah. I mean, that did not go well at all for them. And even look back to last year's Oregon game, that was Cam Rising's possibly the worst game he played as a Utah quarterback. And I know he's battling injuries as well, but still, that's just, I think that's going to be an exceptional game as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I do love what I know that Oregon state maybe isn't quite at the level of, some of these other teams, but I just love what they are building up yeah, there. So and, and that'd be my fourth. Yeah. And so I think that's a testament to Utah's schedule this year is is 
and and maybe that the Pac-12 is going to be really strong is that a, a team like uh, Oregon State is our fourth most exciting game, you know, of of the Pac-12 yeah. slate, you know, because because I think I think they're building something really good up there. I absolutely agree. And I think as to honorable mentions for me that like just missed the cut in terms of really exciting games for this Utah team, the first one I look to right away as like an under the rated intriguing one is their game against Colorado. I think the last game of the regular season, look, I don't think the buffs are going to win six games or anything like that. But if you're telling me it's a disappointing three win Colorado season, and then they, there's a world where they do come into rice Eccles stadium. Maybe Utah has lost a chance to compete for a Pac-12 championship game, or maybe they do. And just the buffs are fine. And the way the buffs are going to be playing their best football in November to me, it's going to take time for Shador. And I think some of Dion as well, even to adjust to his coaching style a little bit. I think it just takes time um, up to that next level to get acclimated to everything. So I, I think it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out in Colorado. But I think by that time late in the season, that one's going to be really exciting when Deion Sanders come to town. And uh, as for another sleeper, I would say uh, going down to Tucson, taking on Jaden Delora, Coach Fish and his team in Arizona. I think that's going to be a fun test for this Utah team. That's going to be a lot different than when Utah first went down to Tucson in 21 and just absolutely obliterated them that game. I, I think those are two of the sleeper ones I look for. Uh, Cause like you mentioned, even the Oregon state one, like there's a clear four games in terms of Utah's best opponents, but there's a lot of other fun ones because the pac 12 is loaded this coming season, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm definitely in the camp of people um, as far as Colorado is concerned that thinks it's going to be, either awesome or an absolute train wreck. Um, I, I, and I don't know, I don't know which direction um, it's going to go, but I I do feel like it's going to be one of those extremes um, at Colorado. So yeah. So that makes it a fun game, especially if Colorado is really good, you know, and Mm -hmm. then comes in um, to that, that last game of the year is, is really, really good, you know, and, Cause it hasn't been, obviously they've yep. tried to manufacture that being a rivalry and, and, yes, it, they have. <laughs> hasn't, and it just kind of hasn't been cause Colorado hasn't been good at all um, lately. And, but uh, um, yeah, we'll see if Colorado can revive it. So that one will be fun if, if Colorado's good, especially. So. Yeah. A lot of, lot, what were you say, Ron? Oh, and then Arizona, you, I see them a little bit like Oregon State in terms of yeah. I think I think they're trend they're not as good as Oregon State yet, but I think they're trending in that direction. And Jane Delara's good and and so I think that yeah, I think you're right that that's another potentially fun one, even if they're not quite at the level of the the Washingtons, Oregon's USC's. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even brought up a UCLA team, right? I'm a little bit down on UCLA just because I have a lot of respect for a DTR, Zach Charbonnet. I don't think those two players are easy to replace, but that's still a good Chip Kelly, well-coached team that is capable of coming in and making things interesting in Rice-Eccles Stadium, even if I'd be very surprised if they escape with a win. And once again, we're just talking about the most exciting games. So I'm not saying Deion Sanders in Colorado is going to come into Utah and get a win. I just think that game could be exciting and interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game it shapes out to be in general. And uh, unfortunately for Utah's, they do this college. They battle this gauntlet of a schedule in 2023. They will not have Dalton Kincaid. They'll be okay. Of course, because they have Brant Keithy, who was obviously leading this team on basically this team receiving before he went down for an injury, paving the way for Dalton's rise, honestly. But uh, Dalton Kincaid was honored with another award as him and Alyssa Bonstrom of the softball team were named the 2022, 2023 Tom Hansen conference medal recipients. And what this is, and this comes to us from our friends at the Utah 
athletic department website as well. The conference medal is awarded annually to each member institutions, outstanding senior male and female athlete based on the exhibition of greatness, um, com- combination of performance and achievement in scholarship, athletics, and leadership. So if you're going, well, why did Don Kincaid win this? And uh, if you are asking this question, that's probably your first time listening to this podcast. Well, Don Kincaid was pretty sensational last year. He uh, had 107 receptions for 1,414 yards, 16 touchdowns, I believe. I know for a fact the yards led all college football tight ends. I don't know about uh, the other margins off the top of my head now. He was a two-time All-Pac-12 selection, earning first team last year, and was just sensational. I mean, if you look at what he did, against USC in particular. I mean, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. Oh, excuse me. Actually, I just realized I was reading off his overall um, just stats as a youth. And of course, last year he had 70 catches, a team high 890 yards and eight touchdowns. So even I, I would say if this is your first time, this is this podcast, I'll be getting all tripped over Dalton's numbers. I mean, after saying he had a thousand yards of the season, that's a lot even for Dalton, who was obviously incredible last year. But his impact was like that of a thousand yard receiver, what he provided for this Utah football team. I, I do believe overall, um, even though it was an error on my part, but uh, average 77 receiving yards per game, eight touchdowns to just, Incredible stuff for Dalton, who was absolutely sensational, too. And, uh, you know, Alyssa Bonstrom did a lot of pauses for this Utah team, too. She was a three-time All-Pac-12 performer, finishing her career as the program record holder in RBIs with 178 and walks, also ranking third in home runs with 46 and runs scored with uh, with 167. So both Bonstrom and Kincaid, Ryan, I believe, are absolutely deserving of these honors. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I think it's um, – I especially know Dalton, and I'm sure – Alyssa Bonstrom is the same way that um, everything I've heard about Dalton Kincaid is just that he's a great guy. And, and um, I think that, that this award specific uh, ties that in as well, you know, the, the community service type stuff and, and leadership type stuff. So yeah, no question. And, and no question that, that those two were catalysts for really, really good teams, you know, and, in their respective sports. Um, obviously football had the season it did. And then softball kind of came out of nowhere a little bit to, to have the fun ride that it did. So, yeah, I, I think they are certainly deserving of, of those accolades. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it, uh, it's nice to see them get honored. And as I mentioned, uh, both of them were more than like, I mentioned that earlier with Dalton, but I think Lisa Bonstrom with the same thing, especially with the run softball, just wrapped up an incredible season. I think they both will very well hear their name called to the Utah Athletics Hall of Fame in the near future. So it's going to be interesting to see when it all plays out for them when they get those honors. But uh, it's definitely coming, just like it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Utah's schedule shapes out, especially that first game as it all gets away underway when they take on Florida on August 28th, or actually could be the 29th now. I'm trying to remember my dates exactly. Might even be the 31st. I think it is. We got the 31st, it looks like. I said, I think I messed up the very first start of this. Either way, it is is late August. And uh, Ryan, it is next. It is next month, JT. There we go. I know it's it's, it's closing in quickly. And hey, because it's closing in quickly, people might want some college football content in general. Where should they head over to to check all that out? Yeah, that that was that was good. That was good, sir. Uh, deseret.com d-e-s-e-r-e-t.com check us out yeah make sure you guys head over read all the great stuff ryan is over there also you can give him a follow at ryan w mcdonald on social media being twitter ryan appreciate you joining us as always absolutely thanks for having me that's good to do it for today's edition of locked on news but we'll see you tomorrow